Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. And people carrying up the stairs for me. Hallelujah. The extra cost is well worth it. I'm going to bring up my couch. And if you come into my house and you come into my, my space, and I say, hey, welcome to my house. I got plenty of walls, so go ahead and lean up against any wall in the house. How uncomfortable would you feel all the time being in the house, right? How's that wall? Is that wall comfortable? No, it's not. I need a couch. Now, when you sit on my couch and you put your legs up and you're chilling, all of a sudden you create a space of comfort. And so we're talking about mental health. And this is a topic that is super hot and just in our culture and society, and we're just talking about science is really catching up to what the Bible said all along about renewing what we have the power to do. This series is all about empowering us as Christians who are either dealing with mental health issues or have someone in our lives that are dealing with mental health issues. We all are in the same boat as, as either you're being affected by it or you know someone who is. And so we want to talk to it. As a church, we believe in talking about um, you know, the hard topics and, and how we can handle as Christians, not just to be a church that's like, uh, I'll pray for you, brother. Uh, I'll pray for you, sister. And that's good, and prayer is good. It's foundational. But if we don't know how to handle it real life, real situations, we are going to be a paralyzed Christian following, okay? Y'all hear me? Sometimes, and it's, it's nobody's fault, but sometimes the church can be a paralyzed movement where all we know how to do is pray. And that's not bad. It's okay. But if you can't talk to things like Jesus did, he, he stepped into every situation no matter what it was, and he spoke to it and changed it. Yeah. Right? And so we have to be empowered in that to know who we are. Jesus said, when you come to me and I come in you, Christ in me, now you have the power of Christ working through you. It's a beautiful thing. In fact, when Jesus went up, he gave the disciples authority. But he said, wait until you're clothed in power. He said, you're going to do greater things than I did. Because it's the power and authority that we work in. So if you're not, if you're not equipped, if you're not empowered in it, you can live a paralyzed Christian life. Where you're just like, hey, I'll pray for you, I'll pray for you, I'll pray for you. And that's, again, that's not bad, but it's not enough. We have to bring people to the hope of Christ because if you're on the outside looking in, praying for you does nothing for your current situation. Okay? And especially when we treat it like, I'll pray for you when I go home. Okay? Let me, let me just uh, help you too. Uh, as Christ followers, did you know that inside of you is Christ's power? And so when you are on the premise of a problem, the solvent has arrived. When, let me say that again. When you step into a situation where there's an issue, mental illness, sickness, disease, whatever it is, a wrong mindset of identity, whatever it is, you have become the solvent to that issue because Christ is in you. Cricket, cricket. Okay. Just want to make sure it's hitting home. But I'm, I'm excited for this week. This week, I really want to dive into the depth of depression. 
the depth of depression. Now depression is plaguing our culture like a mad uh, streak of sick, I mean it's, it's crazy how much it's plaguing not only my generation but the generation coming. Uh, it's more prevalent in high schools and middle school than ever before. When I was youth pastoring 10 years ago, okay, the, the, the statistics were 50% of all students going to middle school and high school dealt with a suicidal level of depression. 50%. Five in 10 kids. So when you walk into a room, right, of 30 students in one classroom, 15 of them have had suicidal thoughts. I don't know if that breaks you. I'm gonna work on not crying today, but that breaks me. It, it breaks me that our, our culture is a culture where depression has taken over. And so we have to talk about it. We have to talk to this. Because I guarantee either you deal with it or someone you work with deals with it or someone in your family deals with it. I guarantee it. You are rubbing shoulders with somebody who is in the depths of depression. Now let's talk about depression. Because depression, I mean, it's not something that you want to sit around the dinner table and be like, hey guys, hey, let's talk about depression. You know, let's dive in. Fun dinner conversation, you know? Can you pass the mashed potatoes? Yeah, but, but, but we need to talk about it. As, as a church and as, as, as the solvent to the issue, we do need to know how to handle it. First thing, you, you, you gotta know about it, right? And depression, uh, if you've ever been in that place of depression, a lot of times it follows either, you know, a, a loss of motivation or a loss of, you know, uh, dreaming or you have something happen in your life that, that goes south. And all of a sudden, what was normal is no longer normal. It's almost like you get the rug pulled out from underneath your feet. There's different avenues to get to depression, but when you find yourself there, uh, people have said, it feels like you're drowning. It feels like you're drowning. The symptoms are losing all motivation, going to a place of, of feeling isolated, no matter how many people you have around you, a place of giving up, a place of losing all hope, a place of, of just feeling inadequate to go on with life. It almost feels like you're hitting a mental physical barrier. You know, there's days, um, uh, and, and this subject is so crucial to me um, because, you know, I, I've dealt with this. And so being in that space where you don't want to get out of bed, there's no reason. You feel like all things are lost. Your calling doesn't make sense anymore. And, and, and it, it, it's different for everybody. But you find yourself in this pit where you feel like there's no way out. There's no way out. Now I want to talk about what God's word says. And we're going to hit the obvious first. And then we're going to jump into the not so obvious. The, the our part, the play in this, okay? In Psalm chapter 30, verse 10. And I'm reading out the Passions Translation. So you can check it out on the screen or if you have a Passion Translation Bible. Rock to you. Love you. But verse 10 says, So hear me now, Lord. Show me your famous mercy. 
Oh God, be my savior and rescue me. This sounds like a prayer from the depths of depression. God, rescue me. Please, rescue me. Because I found myself in a place of needing rescue. And a lot of times that's what's said when people are in the pit of depression is they need rescuing. They can't do it on their own. Verse 11 said, then he broke through. This is what God always does. Then he broke through and transformed all my wailing into whirling dance of ecstatic praise. Yeah. That's what I was doing today, man. He turned my weeping into joy. He turned my sadness into shouts of praise, into unspeakable joy. I'm like, woo! In the midst of the sadness, he turns it around to ecstatic praise. He has torn the veil and lifted me from the sad heaviness of mourning. He wrapped me in the glory garments of gladness how could I be silent when it's time to praise you? Now my heart sings out loud. Now this is after the fact, right? This is after God has rescued. He's encountered the God of glory, the God of joy, the God who restores the years that the enemy stole. He's encountered that and now ecstatic praise. How could I not be silent? Joyful singing. This is after the drowning of depression. Now my heart sings out loud, bursting with joy. A bliss inside that keeps me singing. I can never thank you enough. <laughs> See, the answer is really easy if we talk Christianese today, okay? We all, we all have to know this. This, this, is the, this is the part where we all know what's true. Is God brings healing. Right? You don't even have to write it down. Like, oh, that was not profound at all. God brings healing. He is the only one who can heal a broken heart. In fact, uh, uh, Isaiah, the prophet, he said, he said, I, uh, he prophesied over Jesus what was coming, and, and he said, Jesus, uh, he opened the scroll when he's with all the people, and he said, hey, I want to, I'm making this true today. But he said, this is the year of Jubilee. Here's chapter 60, verse 1. This is the year of Jubilee. He said, I am a prophet. I am preaching good news to the poor and binding up the brokenhearted. And then when Jesus gave us the commission to go and make disciples, to do what I did, he gave us the authority to bind up the brokenhearted. Right? But he's the only one that heals. God is the only one that restores. I cannot heal your heart from mourning over someone you lost. I can't do it. You can't do it. We don't have the power. I cannot heal those broken parts of you that someone spoke death into. I can't do it. There might have been a teacher, your parent, that spoke that over you that you're no good. You're a failure. I can't go into those parts of your heart and heal you. And you can't either. It's only him. It's only him. And that's why David said, 
God, rescue me because you are the great rescuer. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25, it says, anxious fears bring depression, but a life-giving word of encouragement can do wonders to restore joy in the heart. How many know that the power of our tongue is so important because God uses our tongues to speak life and hope? It's, it's huge. And we do have that power. Um, but in Psalm chapter 42, verse 6, he says, um, Here I am depressed and downcast, yet I will still remember you as I ponder the place where your glory streams down from the mighty mountaintops. Lofty and majestic, the mountains of your awesome presence. Check it out. Verse 7 says, My deep need calls out to the deep kindness of your love. Your waterfall of weeping sent waves of sorrow over my soul, carrying me away, cascading over me like a thundering cataract. I love the Passion Translation. It's so wild. But God is the only one who can heal. He's the only one that speaks life into the dead things. But the beautiful part is, and this is the part where where we come in is because we carry the hope and the life in our tongue. Yeah. You know that thing? Right there? Some of us, we get a lot of trouble with this thing right here. <laughs> you know that thing? The Bible says you have two things to do with it. You give death or life. And so we choose every time we open up our mouth and let this thing uh, work, we can either speak death into the situation or life. We give hope or we give no hope. There's two options. There's no neutral ground. We either speak life to it or we speak death to it. And so we have, we have a choice to make in this of how we're going to handle the depths of depression. It's when, when we come up to people and we're like, hey, we encounter somebody who's had that, that thing happen in their life where we just can't imagine. I can't imagine that upbringing. I can't imagine that traumatic crisis that hit them. I can't imagine losing that, losing that per I can't I can't even go there in my mind. But when you encounter that, a lot of times uh, we treat those issues and situations Like this, we have a life-saving device, you know, a flotation device. They're not this big, but you never, you ever been in an airplane and they're like, your seat cushion becomes a life-saving device. Like, really? <laughs> that thing? Scary. I don't feel any more secure. But I have a flotation device, and a lot of times, what we do in, you know, with each other and with those at our work and those that are in life in general is we, we treat our life-saving encounters with them as a no-strings-attached commitment. And this is our culture, so it's, it's not you to blame. You didn't start it. But somehow, with, with the, the age of technology and social media, we've become such a disconnected society that there are no strings attached and no commitment needed. That I can be in a relationship with you here at this church, and I can tell you, Brother, I will be praying for you. And there are no strings attached. I just have to remember to pray for you sometime during the week. 
But no strings attached. Man, I'm really just going through a hard time. I can't figure it out. I'm trying, and I can be like, hey, man, I will pray for you. Here you go. I'll pray for you. And a lot of times what happens is when you're in the depth of depression, you might get a life-saving ring. You might, you might get this flotation device, but then you still feel trapped because you feel the undertone, and it's pulling you out further and further. And sometimes, even in good intentions, we'll even do things like, hey, let me give you some scriptures to read. Hey, let me give you the word of God. It's so powerful. It's transformed my life. Here you go. Here, this is all I got to do. You just got to read these scriptures every day. So here, here you go. All right. Go with it. Go with it. Go with it. Now still, no strings attached, but hey, I empowered them. I got them. But can I talk to you from the depths of depression? I don't want to hear you're praying for me. I don't want to hear it. I don't want a list of scriptures. I don't want the seven steps to recovery. I don't want it. I need a couch. I need to sit. I need a process. I need someone just to be there. I need presence. I need someone just to sit with me and ask questions. To say, why? You don't even need the answer. I just need a couch. And sometimes this can feel so impersonal because we show up week to week to week and we're with each other. And you might even be in great intention. You're like, oh, I just, I'm going to pray over that person. I'm going to cover them. And that's great. And I don't want to down that. That's amazing. Please be a prayer warrior. Please go home to your closet and speak life over them in the depths of the unknown, of the, the place that's unseen. Please do that. Because that makes a difference. But for the person that's in the depths of depression, the person that's in drowning, they don't want a life raft. They want a relationship. And so what we have to do is we have to take the life-saving device that God has given us, and we have to attach the string of relationship. We have to. Because this isn't enough. It's not enough just to throw out things. It's not enough just to be disconnected and be like, hey, I'm going to pray for you. we got to put on the rope of rescue. Everybody say the rope of rescue. Can I tell you? Number one, I want you to write this down. We are God's answer to the prayers of others. We are God's answer to the prayers of others. There are those that are praying out, God, rescue me! I've been there. Oh my God, rescue me from myself. I hate myself. I can't see myself clearly. Like, I'm in this, this pit. My wife can't save me. My kids can't do enough to make me feel like a good dad. I'm in a pit and I need help. Rescue me. And you know who he sends? You. All of a sudden, someone walks into your life and speaks hope into your dreams and sits with you. And they don't have all the answers. They just have love. And they show the unconditional love of the Father. And they're like, hey, anytime you need, I'm going to come over. I'm going to be with you. And they check up on you. They text you during the week. Hey, brother, how you doing? Hey, girl. 
how are you? Do you need me? And how's a bad day? I'll be over tonight, I'm bringing dinner. What is that? That's the strength. That's the strength. That's saying, hey, I care about you so much, I wanna show you how the Father loved me. Because when Jesus came to the world, he didn't say, I hope you all figure it out. I love you from heaven. I love you from up here because that's all messy. Y'all got messy sin going on. Y'all confused. Got a lot going on. I don't have time for that. I got heavenly things to think about. I got, I got, I got, I got a checklist of things to do. I, I'm building heaven for y'all. Like, we got construction going on up here. I ain't got time for that. What did he do? He wrapped himself in flesh and came to the world. Yeah. And he said, here I am. Here I am. Sit with me. Sit with me. Let me encounter what you're encountering. Let me go through it with you. The disciples had so many questions. I, I can just imagine how annoyed Jesus was inside. Now, he didn't show it, but I can guarantee he was a little annoyed. Y'all have kids? Okay. Preach it to the choir. So you know it. And it's like he was processing and they would mess up and all this stuff. But we got to have patience because, man, when you come to my couch and you get comfortable, this is a place where you can process. Jesus always believed in the process. He always believed in the process. But he fully knows you. And he fully loves you. Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.